All right, I got a couple more minutes with Gary Whitgriff, and this is fun. I want to tie a, I want to button, put a button in a couple of other things really quickly before we talk about the epilogue, which is, you know, what happens after you make this triumphant return uh, to North Pole. Uh, but there were a couple of things, you know, in the book, you do this, this fun thing where you, you kind of find a topic and you kind of discuss, you know, kind of spend a chapter discussing it. Like you mentioned, you know, the, the Channel Tunnel uh, from, from France to, to England, uh, the story of the Alaskan Highway. Uh, you know, you talk about how uh, Eric the Red may have settled, you know, part of Northern America where some of these indigenous tribes actually were blue eyed uh, with with uh, yeah. with lighter skin. Um, and I love you kind of sometimes go on you, you go on this rant about like what's real and, and what isn't and how there's no real evidence of, of your trip. And I love this. And then you also talk about mirages. And there's this, this sidestep about how Canada did away with a penny in 2012. Now, I found these to be absolutely fascinating. But the they also show oh, a, a very interesting and progressive dip into madness that must have happened while you were on this extensive <laughs> trip because you weren't listening to anything. You got these songs going through your head. And to me, this is evidence that you were literally on the verge of a psychotic break. Well, you said uh, earlier that I might be hallucinating after so many hours. <laughs> well, I uh, that's why I did bike 72 hours or 70 whatever right. 72 hours and five minutes like i played <laughs> softball I, I quit every day by the way the reason i took off on may 20th you didn't ask oh, me okay this, all right, all right. why would i why would i take off on may 20th the longest day of the year is june 20th well if it took me two months i would have the longest sunlight of the year biking north wow. and if i had to find lodging if i never camp i had to find lodging at least when i got to the yukon i'm going to have almost i'll have sun at midnight there's no question about <laughs> right. it yeah, yeah. so I, I, if I'm going to find lodging, I want to bike during the during the daylight hours. Well, it can be midnight, and I'm still biking. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a great point. And people don't realize how weird like right around the Arctic Circle, how weird everything kind of gets. Uh, there was this great series of books. I mentioned Barrow, Alaska, which is now uh, Ute Kiev. Oh, man, I don't have it in front of me. Ute Kievik. Uh, and that used to be Barrow, Alaska. And there's this great uh, series of books called... Um, uh, 30 Days of Night, which is about vampires who go to Barrow, Alaska because there's 30 days of night where they can feast and they don't have to worry about the sunlight killing them, which is, I thought, a very clever, uh, turned into a movie, a very, very uh, clever little little vampire story. Yeah, they must be warm vampires because it gets pretty cold when it's uh, 30 days of night. It gets really cold up there. Gary, they're undead. They're they're creatures of the grave. They don't have. Oh, that's yeah, true. That's true. That's pulse. true. I, this is spiritual. Yeah, yeah. I I'm the undead uh, expert. That's okay. That's okay. That you didn't know that. Um, I like all that weird stuff. But let's you know. Speaking of weird stuff, you know this. The epilogue was kind of fascinating to me, and, and it and it, it ties back to what I mentioned at the beginning of the interview about preparation, um, because in some ways you learned some really interesting. Uh, uh, how do I want to say, uh, lesson, life lessons, I guess, in some ways, uh, through what happens post-North Pole, um, because you get there, everything's fine, you're going fishing, you're running around, and then there's this faithful, fateful moment where you pick up a canoe, you feel slash hear a pop, and then you know things go different uh, from that point forward. Now, I'll tell you, I'll share a little story before you go into yours. I remember um, playing basketball, and I was very, very active, and I did this spin move that I was probably, uh, I, I probably had a, should have practiced more, I should have loosened up, and I remember feeling a tug, um, you know, like right by my, my genitals, uh, and it, it didn't feel good. It scared me, and I remember I thought I pulled my groin. 
the whole area from like my waist down was purple for like three weeks. Now I should have taken that as a moment to go into the doctor. I didn't, it healed and I can, and I'm, you know, uh, right now I'm pretty functional, but I realize I probably should have had that looked at because it's a very good chance I pulled something right off the bone. You do something very similar here uh, when you feel this tug. Now, but you, like me, you don't realize anything's wrong until much later. So I've given you a big intro here. Tell me what happens from this fateful moment. I uh, was a week after I had I biked up there, and uh, my niece was up there and uh, nephew, and uh, we took the canoes out on a trailer out to do some stream fishing. And uh, I took one end of the canoe, he took another, my nephew took another, and we, we have to walk on a steep ditch bank. And um, we took two canoes that way. On the first one, I had I had knew something happened in my body, but hey, I, I'm in the best shape of my sure. life. It, nothing's gonna, nothing's gonna. Hey, you sound me. like me, Gary. That's how I. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we we fished for Arctic grayling for a couple hours in a in a hard seated canoe with my legs out straight, mm. which was not a good thing to yeah. do. Uh, we we get out. I you know when I'm, I'm casting like crazy, bringing in fish and stuff like that. And then we bring the canoes back to the trailer. And each day after that, uh, I'm I'm getting worse. Well, the day after we had a fly-in fishing trip into a, a remote lodge that my nephew's got a buddy that's got a, a cabin on this unoccupied uh, lake. Uh, and 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 so we went up there and we had to rebuild some log trails through the kind of muck to. Uh, bogs to get up to the cabin and things. And by the time we flew out, uh, 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 like two days later, I could barely get in the plane and I was, I was hurting. Uh, when we got back to, to uh, Fairbanks, I said to my wife, I'm going to have to go to a chiropractor. I can't, I can't take off today. And so I found a chiropractor. I, I went to him, straightened me up and then, and he says, uh, you may need another treatment. I go, I, I know it. And so we stayed another day. I got another treatment, and we took off for back to South Dakota. And uh, I, yeah, I, I, I suffered and ended up in six days in the hospital. So that I, I want to just shorten up the story. But. <laughs> well, there are some key points here because you know there's there's a lot of in the middle, and in the book, you know, you go into incredible detail. But you you end up in the hospital. Uh, I believe your son is a is a doctor slash uh, yes. chiropractor. Emergency. Yeah. Emergency room, emergency room doctor and acupuncturist. Yes. Yeah. And so he basically said, you know, it's time to go to the emergency room. You go and spend time in, in the hospital. No one can tell you what's going on. Uh, and so you spend a lot of time, you're, you've seen chiropractors, things are kind of helping, but basically, you know, I think the doctor, you know, the doctors there said, oh, you got to put him in a nursing home. Like he's done. And you're like, I've just finished this big, what's going on here. Um, but you know, it, it's the moments that I thought were really interesting is that almost like everyone gave up hope in a weird way. And then you, you know, you go down to, I think it's Mexico and you've got this random connection down there. And so it's a very strange trajectory, but you hit Mexico, you make this connection and you kind of get the problem solved. And it's very weird and tied into the whole trip. It, it is. And a part of that, I was 65. And so when you're on Medicare, this, you're on Medicare and at 65 in the U.S., and so the, the hospitals can't keep you in unless they can identify they can make you better. And, and so they basically said, we can't make him better. And, and my wife and daughter and son really stood up for me. And, and they, I was so heavily medicated. I, was, I remember one morning I counted the pills before they put them in my, I put them in my mouth because they were giving me drugs every 
couple hours. There were 11 pills in my hand. Jeez. I took all, you know, at one time and uh, everything from nerves to muscles to you know, whatever. And so uh, they finally told my wife, put him in a nursing home because we don't know what to do. And so she says, he just biked 3,000 miles to Alaska. This guy's in good yeah. shape. There's something yeah. going on. Well, when we got to Mexico, after 16 doctors uh, and, and four physical therapists and uh, six chiropractors, I think it was, uh, got to Mexico, uh, our friend had had uh, knee replacements, I think, at that time, four knee replacements. They kept trying to get his knees to work. And so he hired a physical therapist from Canada that's a native of Denmark. And I said, give me your number. I, I want to, she's down here for the winter. I, I want her to, to help me out because at least I can walk now without a cane. Yeah. And because I was in a, a wheelchair and in crutches and a walker and, and eventually a cane and I got rid of the cane. But she come out and and I think identified what was what was wrong. And it is a, it's from being training your muscles to do one thing for 40 yeah. days and not having the proper stretches and other activities right. to 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 adjust your muscles. And so the, uh, that's in the book. And I really encourage people that do any kind of constant physical activity. Uh, whether it's work or whether it's play, mm -hmm. to to pay attention to these kinds of issues that can pop up unexpectedly. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think she diagnosed that basically for the you know for uh, to dumb it down. Once what, like a muscle on the left side of your spine or the right side had torn, and so the muscle on the other side of the spine was pulling your body in that direction. Right. And you know that's it. Kind of. Me I mean, it's your spine, right? It messes everything up. And right. it's the muscles on the inside of your body. Yeah that hold your backbone in place that go through, go through your hip bones to operate your right. legs. And so it, yeah. And I, you know, and I think I always talk about, I mean, I, I love yoga. Yoga keeps you flexible. It keeps you limber. And you look at like Tom Brady, right? I mean, he's, he's 45 or something like that throwing, you know, Super Bowl championship passes, you know, I mean, there's a reason. <laughs> Pliability is like his whole thing is about being pliable. And I think that that's a good, it's a good, point here because I think before you do any kind of undertaking like this, you do have to train. You have to get your body used to it, but also you have to get yourself flexible because this, what you did is a monumental physical feat. And, you know, I mean, had you not picked up that canoe, you probably would have been all right, um, which is which is a miracle in and of itself. Right. But, you know, um, it, it's it's a it's a lesson. I think it's a, it's a wise lesson that when you're going to do this, you hear lots of stories about people succeeding at it, but there is a lot that goes into it. It's not just luck or it's not just just doing it. You have to be prepared, you know. Dan Daniel, uh, just like um, earlier, I mentioned, you know, playing seventy three days of, of softball mm. continuously. Right. Uh, you you have to be mentally ready. And so I I had spent you know ten years or not uh, wasn't that long, but uh, several years mentally thinking about okay, you know, if I did it, whatever, I plotted out a, a map. And so it's not like it's new, but you have to be mentally ready for something right. like this. And so if your mind doesn't allow you to do it, uh, you're not going to do it. I don't care how good a physical shape you are. You have to have your mind set that, yeah, this is just another day. You know, what's another, you know, my longest day was in Saskatchewan, 166 miles. I had, you know, all my bags and stuff on. I go, that's where the bed is. I'm well, and I think, you know, and the other side of that coin, just to close with the other argument, you can be mentally ready for stump something, but your body may not be ready to complete it properly. And, and I think that's important as well. Yeah. And, and when you get, I mean, uh, you know, I was 65 at the time, so I'm a little older now, 
but I, um, your, your, your body doesn't always operate the same way when you get older. I'll mm. just, I'll just leave it that sure. way. That, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, it, you, you, you may not be able to put your hands flat on the floor like you used to and things yeah. like that. No, so. that's fair. And I think it's, it's good to think about, but it's a, it's a great story. And, and, you know, I think it, the, the story itself is wonderful. I mean, it's an, an incredible accomplishment. I mean, uh, just a, remarkably impressive. So a uh, great job with that. I don't know if you're Thank planning you. another one. Um, but you know, I think the lesson that you tell throughout the story is get outside, be physical, be active. And, and, I, and I stand by that 100%. So thank you for taking this extra time out for me today. Oh, thank you, Daniel. I, I appreciate it. Uh, you, you're a very interesting interviewer. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Uh, and then your story is incredible. So uh, you made it easy. <laughs>